All right, I'm going to start it out because I started out our conversation earlier on this, but I really have to talk to you about your uh, your distraction from the madness. Your 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 chicks wearing short, or I'm sorry, your topless chicks wearing short skirts. How do you get away with that on your Facebook page? Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Bill Taylor. If you have not met Bill, he's about to tell you about topless chicks. In short skirts. Wow. I was bored yesterday, so now this is going to become a topic of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when you post such smut on your Facebook. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, clearly you know, I'm tired of, of all the negative stuff that's online and I find that my role in social media is one to provide humor and, and kind of that comic relief. And, and I did see that picture of little chickens wearing muffin, what do you call those muffin wrappers? Muffin liners. Muffin liners as, as skirts. So it was topless chicks wearing short skirts. That's it's just excellent. Oh, oh boy. He was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. I Good was absolutely gosh. waiting for that. Had I known I'm... this would be a topic, I would have prepared a couple of more puns. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling so... they'll come out. Yeah, we're, we we know you're a punny person. Um I do enjoy a pun. Yeah. So how's it going, Bill? It's been a while. It has almost been a year. Oh, it has been almost a year. How so could call... it be a year? You and you're looking younger. You know, that is true. Is that what amazing. retirement does? Yeah, when you're when you're not uh, waking up at four thirty in the morning to angry emails or texts or whatever, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing yeah. what you can do. But, but no, you, you, yes. I was just going to say you've missed all the fun of working while COVID has been going yeah, on. Yeah, boy, I tell you, t- talk about talk about good timing on that one because. You know, clearly I had made the plan of how to live without working and <laughs> and I'm uh, not having to deal with offices and do you go into the office? Do you not? Do you sit behind your computer at home and do Zoom meetings, which I kind of did anyway, because I was almost a one man show in the in the office we had in Michigan because the company that I was with before I left was in Scottsdale. Hmm. So you were you were familiar with with the conference <laughs> calls and all, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, you know, candidly, it worked out pretty damn fine. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's worked out so well that I can't be certain that Bill's not actually behind this pandemic. I bet you it is. I, I never thought of it, but that <laughs> very well could be very well could, but you know, you, you, you say that John, but Bill, you, you were still working. You might not be working in an office, but you're still right. working, right? Yeah, by by no means am I sitting in my recliner all day long. As a matter of fact, I had to move it to the basement because it was too much of a temptation. But, <laughs> but I made I I made a rule that I by nine a.m. I was dressed and doing something every day, and that's at nice. the latest. So, and that's good. But I've you know, I've been busy, and and I'll I'll share a little bit about that in a minute. But one of the things that I found most rewarding, I think, John, you know, I did this, and this is where I was able to get out and about and have a little social activity, was I volunteered at a local hospital, and we'd had a lot of family history at this particular hospital, and I decided that I wanted to give back, and there was an opportunity to become a pet therapy handler. So what I basically did was walk this particular black lab around to different patient rooms into the main, anytime there were visitors, like the surgical lounges, whatever, and just basically spread sunshine everywhere I went, which was extremely (laughs) rewarding. I was going to say, that's a pretty good gig. Yeah. That, that is a really good gig. And, and I, I hate to take it this direction. It's a little bit dark, but I, I have to, because this is, this is something that I have experience with. My mom passed away in, in 2010, in April, and she was on the um, the hospice floor of a hospital. Mm. And back it up a little bit, my mom had two standard poodles, and she absolutely loved her dogs. And they were really very, a very tight-knit group, the three of them. Um, and my mom was, she was out of it. She was pretty much unconscious for about a week. And... 
we were just we were waiting we were just waiting there waiting for her to pass and and she just wouldn't go she refused to go and uh it wasn't until someone who was doing the very same thing that you were just talking about came into the room it was a little yorkie came into the room and um put the the yorkie in the bed with my mom took her hand and the and pet used my mom's hand to pet the yorkie wasn't five minutes later my mom finally passed Wow. And wow. We, we feel like it was just, it was her wanting to say goodbye to her dogs or something like that. Sure. That allowed her to finally say, okay, it's, it's time to go. Wow. That's yeah. actually a so, good, that's not a dark well, thing. Well, for some people it's dark. I, 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 I was starting to, to get a little bummed out quite honestly. So I was going to uh, sign off. <laughs> <laughs> we do that a lot with our podcast, I mean, Bill. Yeah. I, I, I've walked in on some medical procedures that you don't want to be, you know, yeah. <laughs> witness to. Well, okay. So just really quickly on that. Can I, uh, so my doctor that I've had for a long time, uh, Dr. Vinny Bumbans. It's not him, but but he was that's funny. He every time he would come into the examination room, you know, when I go in for an appointment, he would knock on the door and you know, I go, come in. I said, I gotta ask you, what's the I mean, the knocking? You know I'm here. I mean, uh, what am I gonna say? No, no, could you wait a minute? He said it stems from him walking in on a couple having sex in the exam room. <laughs> While he was waiting to examine the dude. And he said, so I said, come on. No, he walked in on them, getting it on in the doctor's office exam. Wow. He says, so he knocked every time now. <laughs> and That's, so I try to make sound effects when he knocks, you know, <laughs> like that. So he thinks <laughs> there might be something going on. Wow, this is tying in with that dream I shared with you a couple weeks ago. Uh -oh. You and Nick both have dreams about me. I'm not sure what that's. So I, we're, Nick, we're not sure either. It's, this it's is kind of very funny. scary. It's funny, Nick. So I had this dream that my wife was having a medical procedure, and she wasn't, but that was the dream. And I was walking down the hallway to go to her, whatever room she was in. And as I was turning the corner to go into the room, in my dream, I said, who here wants a sponge bath? And Quaddy oh, no. was sitting in that room with my wife, and he goes, I do. <laughs> okay, so you're dreaming about Quaddy doing sponge baths. I was dreaming about him in a hotel room. So I, this is really going down the wrong type of rabbit hole. Could I don't not, think could you not see Quaddy do that? Oh, absolutely. In yeah. a heartbeat. In a wow. hotel room. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, or or a doctor's office. I, I or mean, a doctor's office. I, I think there's this latent um, wonder about me that you both share that uh, I, I'm hoping it's not sexual, but I, I don't know. I well, speaking, speaking oh, of... Trust me, uh, it's not sexual. No, no not at all. Oh, well, ask Mary. But speaking <laughs> of... Uh, I was in the room with her. <laughs> Speaking of sex in, in a, in a uh, doctor's office, not really, but yes, wow. going back, you guys are reminding me of everything that happened in, in 2010. So my daughter was also born in mm -hmm. 2010. Mm -hmm. And now I, I've had a lot of experience in doctor's offices and every doctor and nurse knocks on the door sure. right? uh, or anyone for that matter. But we were at uh, Vanderbilt Hospital, then, uh, not mm -hmm. the children's hospital, but that's where my, my wife was giving birth. And we'd been there for several hours and it was just that time. And so, you know, my wife is on the bed, you know, everything's showing legs towards the door. A doctor was in the, in there. Nurses were all around. I'm standing at the, the head of, of the bed with my, my wife's head. And all of a sudden this guy runs in and I can't remember what he had in his arms, but he had something in his arms. He runs in and he looks the door flies open, curtain flies open, and he looks, and all of us stop what we're doing. And he has this, this look of fear on his face, and he just stands there for half a second, and he can see my wife in all her splendor, hmm. uh, baby on, on the way out, and then he just turns around and walks out. And it turns out he was walking, he was a dad, walking into the wrong room because he was trying oh. to find his wife. <laughs> <laughs> But the only time no one's ever knocked on the door is when every, <laughs> everything is showing. And yeah, it was. I thought that's you were going to say he was just coming in to change the water bottle in the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the, the vodka bottle. 
<laughs> the vodka bottle, yes. Landshark. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, the the whole lab thing, though, is cool. And I'm sure you had some great experiences in the hospital with that. Now, let's be clear, not your lab. You have Lucky, right. who was a rescue, right? Yeah. So your no, dog. Uh, Lucky would create a lot of medical issues if I took him there. <laughs> so, yeah, Lucky, Lucky is, we had a DNA test on him because when we rescued him, he's about 25 pounds, kind of medium sized, but he had this, some, a couple of weird distinguishing marks and found out that he was half Chihuahua, half Border Collie. Well, that that's an interesting mix. So he, yeah, he's a, ter- he's a neurotic, t- what? That must have been a fun night. Oh was my the Chihuahua God. on top of the border collie, or was this? I'm just um, kind of trying to picture it in my we, mind. Yeah, we, we don't we don't have any evidence of what took place there, but, but anyways, well, you do no, have evidence. You, you we have, have lucky. Yeah. Yeah. No, but um, getting back to the hospital, the hospital has two dogs uh, that they own, uh, and they go home with one of the employees each night. I mean, the same employee. So they're really well taken care of. And so when I start my shift, which is only once a week, I go down to that employee's workstation and, and collect hope. Hope is the one that's been assigned to me. And um, we make our rounds. Nice. Yeah. That is really incredible. Which, I, I love that service. Yeah. Which has not uh, happened since mid-March for obvious reasons. They didn't want right. any of us yeah. in there. So you didn't hope didn't want to get COVID. Yeah, it's well. It's interesting. The well, in this case, the animals do not transmit that, but they not um, they can't catch it, mm-hmm. but they can carry bacteria oh. and germs on their fur. So when people I, I, go to people go to I, pet them, we always offer up a hand sanitizer. Or we did oh. because they said, "Oh no, it's, I love dogs." It's like, well, you don't know this dog has been touching. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I did hear one case, true or not. Uh, and I read it online, so I'm sure it's true, um, <laughs> that a dog actually caught uh, coronavirus. Wow. Uh, I don't know if it's true, but just one was the only thing. So hmm. Bill and I, we've compared this before. This is my dog, Bill, if you can see without the glare. I don't know if you can. We can not. see a couch and yeah. we can see a, can't really see. He's, Indy is kind of blending in. It's whited out. Gosh, it yep. sure is. Let's see. Oh, yeah, there you go. There he is. He kind of oh. looked like Lucky. Yeah, very similar. Matter of fact, very yeah, similar color. Bigger. He's about forty pounds. Okay, but he, he probably doesn't bite people's ankles either. Um, no, no, but he has no Chihuahua in him. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. Not yet, anyway. Not awesome. yet, anyway. Yeah, we have no idea what what Indy is, what his mix is, but also a rescue. So. So I'm going to go on the offensive here, guys, because I've been I've been listening to your podcast, obviously, religiously, and sometimes two, three times just to make sure I catch everything. Um, <laughs> you you made reference recently to the Potty Pod trailer, yeah. and yes. and Nick kind of suggested that I've been slacking. I think at least that was the impression I got. Nick, not Are slacking, okay, Bill? not slacking. I, I I'm looking at so. I, I do want to. I want to talk about that because, uh, a, folks, when you go and visit pottymiles.com, you'll notice there's a new tab at the top that says guests. On there, you're going to see Bill's name, Bill Taylor. You click on that name for right now. Eventually, I, I will be honest. Well, eventually, I will have a page there with a little bio and a nice picture. But you click there, and it goes to vehiclenanny.com, which Bill, I want you to talk about here in just a minute. But I am on that page right now on the homepage and the very second blog that uh, Bill has posted is camper renovation for summer fun. Yes. That is the perfect potty pod right there that I'm looking at the picture of that camper. That's what I can see us all, uh, all trying to huddle into after COVID of course, because yes. I don't think that's big enough to have six feet between us. Um, no. That's the, that's what we're looking for. So no, I don't think you're slacking. I'm just waiting for it. That's all. <laughs> that one I'm trying is, to say. Um, so that one is kind of cool, Bill. Uh, the it's it's it has Nick's colors. Um, Nick is kind of a light teal in my mind. It's funny. Uh, my best friend's last name is Teal. Oh boy! Wow. Here we go. <laughs> Unrelated coincidences, <laughs> yeah, right? It's not spelled the same. Sorry, though. Nick Cubic. That's right. <laughs> I sent something to our friend Matt the other day. Oh, this morning, actually. Um, I said, uh, Random Thoughts by Nick Kubik. 
That's what that was. So I think that should be the new section. I think section if, on Nick, if we make a trailer for you, I think uh-huh. we'd have to call it Cubic's Rube. I like wow. it. I like it a lot. Absolutely. I'm all about that. <laughs> like it. Like yep. it. Yep. Like and what I really like, though, Bill, is I, the shirt that you're wearing um, on, on top of your bio. You see that, John? The shirt you're wearing on top of your bio? He's yeah, wearing, he's wearing he's wearing a shirt and a body mouse shirt that yep. you guys sent me a that's year it. ago. Oh, it's that shirt. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So not only is he building a business, and and he has a good looking website, he's also wearing swag from the the potty mouths. Yeah, he's a good man. Yep, he is. But he's I'm just, I can't I find like the link. Him. Strangely enough, to potty mouths. What? Huh. Oh, that, I know. Yeah, that'll be in next week's blog. We need some okay. external right. links because it's going to help <laughs> our SEO. We will absolutely. I, I just wanted to see how this one went. Yes. <laughs> well, well, we're still not well, over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're Good point. 15 minutes more, in, yeah. 16 minutes. Yeah. All right, so, so, I, so, I, so, so Oh, go yeah, ahead, John. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's the uh, the potty pod is, is just to remind our listeners, Nick, was – what you had in mind for us to go. I wish we could figure out a business case for it, but we were just going to travel around the country and <laughs> podcast out of a trailer. That yes. sounds like one of your upcoming dreams about me. I'm not sure. I, that does sound like a dream, but I, I also want to bring up something. I sent you a picture earlier today, John and and Bill. I don't think I, don't think I forwarded it to you because I don't have your, your phone number, but I, I don't know if you can see this picture. I got that in the mail today. Oh, uh, yes. Can't really see it. It is a <clears throat> pilot logbook. Oh. The uh, FAA um, regulations for 2020, pilot handbook, aviation weather handbook, and the, the airplane flying handbook, along with a flight computer and all that good stuff, which all that to say means I just got all my ground school information because I went ahead and bit the bullet and I'm starting my ground school. All right. Starting flight training. So instead of a potty pod, we might need a potty plane. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, I can't help you there. Well, actually, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm going to uh John Madden you if you decide to start flying. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the potty pod and I'll meet ya. Okay. <laughs> I wonder I wonder where that was going. Yeah, well, <laughs> I did too. You know, Nick. Oh, no, she, did you see that confused look on my face? <laughs> I yeah. thought it was standard. Yeah. <laughs> That's truer words have not been spoken. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yes. So are you going to look, are you going to find a, uh, what kind of plane are you, are you going to look for a plane or are you going to? Oh, I don't know. That's way away? far in the future. I yeah. was just bringing that up because I, I finally did it. We've been talking about it on the podcast for almost as long as it's been since Bill's been on the podcast and mm. maybe even longer. And I, I finally want to let everyone know I, I did it. I bit the bullet. I spent the money. I got it all. Yeah, gonna get his. Wow. Well, congratulations! Yeah. I can't wait to Thanks. follow you, and hopefully that works out for you. I hope so. It's been. I, I was trying to explain it to my daughter this morning. It's been something I've dreamt about since I was younger than she is. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. But are you? Don't get a bonanza. Get, I'm gonna get a bonanza. Darn don't. it! I want to. I want to become a doctor too. Anyway, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Tell us a little bit more about Vehicle Nanny. All right. Well, thank you. Um, I think I was alluding to this last year when I was on without naming it, but I, mm. you know, one of the things I love very much, and John, you, you know this, and Nick, you've probably learned this, is I love old cars and trucks. And at the time we were uh, podcasting last time, I was getting ready to sell my old GMC pickup, which I did. Um, thank you. And there's an interesting story there. It's been sold three more times. And the most most recent owner found me on Facebook for whatever reason said, I remember this truck being posted by you. I just want to make sure this was your truck. And I'm like, yes, does it still have that rust hole in the floor? He goes, I didn't know that. And I'm like, oops. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be full disclosure. (laughs) It was sold as is. But anyway, um, so yeah, let's let's stay on point here, Bill. Okay. That's awesome. as part of that, uh, one of the things I thought would be cool. Oh, hold on, hold on. You've, yeah. You're a fan of our podcast, and you want to get back on point? <laughs> that on doesn't point. happen on the Potty Mouse nah. podcast. I know. Nah. But I promised myself this <laughs> time I would. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'll interrupt again for at so, least uh, 30 seconds. Yeah. So anyway, 
the intention was I wanted to buy a warehouse or lease a warehouse and store classic cars in the winter. Because in Michigan, nobody drives those cars in the winter and nobody has garage space to put them. And there's actually a pretty good market for it, but I've not been successful finding the physical location. Had a had a um, lead on one, and I had a buddy who was going to go in on it with me, and he backed out. So Vehicle Nanny, the the idea of taking care of your baby, Vehicle Nanny, yes. evolved into this blog website where the nanny part is there to nurture your automotive interest. Because the other piece of my my uh, my hobby or my fun is going to car shows on the weekends. And what I used to notice is younger people would try to make a make an entrance there, maybe even bring a vehicle. And the old guys, the guys that are like 10 years older than me, scoff at them. These are the old guys that got their Chevelles and GTOs, and they bought them when they came back from Vietnam, and they've had them ever since. And, you know, you young guys got to get out of here. So I always made a point to talk to them and try to encourage them. So this is really an offshoot of that. But funny story, so I'm looking for a URL for this. And this is before Vehicle Nanny became a name. And, John, you'll appreciate this. I, I brainstormed with Glenn Hardy on this. Sure. And I said, Glenn, I think for the this um, warehouse idea, it's like, I want to, you know, take care of your baby, take care of your toy. I said, I'm thinking maybe toywarehouse.com. He goes, <laughs> Just let me stop you right there. Yes. Because <laughs> Glenn said, I already have that site bookmarked. <laughs> think about that. I'm like, oh, crap. So anyway, I just started playing around with it and came up with Vehicle Nanny. And obviously, it now has double meaning. One, it could be to, you know, if I ever want to help somebody take care of or store their car when that day comes, uh, I can use it for that. But more importantly, I've been really enjoying sharing stories about cars. Uh, and it's about how do you get into this hobby in, in an affordable way? You know, because some people think I got to spend 30, 40 grand for a car. Forget it. It's like, no, I don't spend more than six grand on an old car. And then I play around with it. Right. So as I'm doing this, um, a friend of mine, um, her son, 16 year old son was looking to get into the hobby and build a car. And I said, let me meet with him because I think he may be going down the wrong path. So as it turns out, um, had this three-hour meeting with this young man. We charted out what his priorities were. And he went out and bought an 86 Pontiac Fiero, which he's in the middle of restoring, which is really cool. Really cool. Wow. A Fiero? No. no. (laughs) Did you see my look too? Yeah. A Pontiac Fiero has never been really cool. (laughs) Are you serious? serious? Oh, my gosh. They were my – so here's my Pontiac Fiero personal (laughs) – here we go. Here's the rabbit well, hole. Well, kind of. It will be. This is just one foot into the rabbit hole. My uh, brother's first wife had a Pontiac Fiero after she had, when they were dating, an MGB midget. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Cool oh, yeah. car. Loved it. And as a kid, 16 years old, she let me drive it. So it was amazing. Then she traded it on this Fiero that Did her it stay running? dad bought for her. The MG did. Yeah, it was great. The Fiero was a four-speed, cause damn, and uh, so she she got that, and uh, my brother inherited it when they got married, and Dave, my brother, cannot drive a manual transmission well. Let's just say, <laughs> and the Fiero was probably the worst car for him to have because it was a four-speed and it was terrible. It had, uh, it was probably that 1.8 liter engine. Remember Bill, the GM had in, that was no, kind of their sir. standard, that was standard a two, engine. The 2.5 liter iron 2. Duke. 2.5. So it was the iron same Duke. one that was in the old Omega and the Chevy Citation. A ball of fire, that engine. <laughs> so, anyway, but I, you're right. I, I You can't call it out just for what it is, but I was never a Fiero fan. Although I never really liked the uh, the but, uh, 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 the X11, either the Citation. Oh, those. I had one. <laughs> Loved it. Oh, well, I had one for a demo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't care. Well, again, put in perspective of what was around in 1981 or whatever. But, Good. you know, the, the point of the Fiero is these younger folks are looking for affordable cars, things that they consider a classic 
are things that are like, you know, like from 20 years ago, whereas, you know, when maybe after they were born, you know, look at me, if I was going to look at a something from the 1960s, they're going to look sure. at something from the 80s, 90s. And yep. I don't know if you ever heard of Haggerty Insurance, but they, they insure collector cars mm-hmm. and they do a lot of great research. And this is where uh, one of my articles on Vehicle Nanny was about the future of the hobby. And it was interesting. They just came out with this article about it and they're showing are, first of all, are the kids all right? I think was the name of the article. But you know, were they looking at this hobby and, and, and embracing it? And sure enough, there were they were getting quotes on vehicles. They said that there's like a four hundred percent increase in the traffic and the number of quotes on cars like the Mazda Miata. You know, like the early yeah. the yeah. NA version, um, the YJ Wrangler. Nick, you know, you're mm-hmm. a Wrangler guy. You don't like the square headlamps, but certainly for someone young, they can afford that. Or, right. Or an '86 F Series pickup. So to them, those are the classics. And guess right. what? They're pretty affordable. They so, yeah. So I embrace that, and I really want to nurture that. And so for now, that's my point: is to try to just keep it alive and teaching them about the different things. I think the warehouse will come, and when I get that warehouse, then I'm going to have the space to do the trailer renovation. And nice. Uh, so, so you see how so I came back to that? Came back yeah, to that. yeah there's a method to all of this. That's there is. So I want to show you. Nick, Nick is so much younger than I am that he's actually going to start collecting Pontiac Aztecs. So, hey, yeah, I like exactly. those too. Very supportive. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I used to love the Fiero when I was a kid. And my mom always said, you're never going to have a car like that. It's too small. Then the very first car that I drove, not my very first car that I owned that was mine, but my my car, my uh, Oldsmobile was in the shop. So the first two weeks I had my driver's license, I drove my mom's Miata to school. Awesome. So it's like, um, yeah. thinking back on that going, you told me I could never have a Fiero because it was too small, but then you let me drive a Miata to school. <laughs> I I cannot get into the early Miatas because of my legs. Um, yeah. I just can't. And whereas the Fiero, mm, I could. So she lied. <laughs> so this, I'm going to show you this picture just because you, you like classic cars. But my my uncle is big into classic cars. Uh, and he's had many, many, many over the years. Uh, but this is what the only one he has left right now is my aunt sitting in it. But oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, a nice tea bucket. Yep. yep. He, wow. uh, he built that. They're fun. Mm. And that's that's yeah. usually where a lot of guys will start out because it's it's basically just engine transmission and oh by the way, here's a little body to put on it. Yeah. Yeah. His other yeah. his other last one, yeah, I think he just went on to a Mustang, but before that he did a Camaro, like a nineteen eighty four or eighty five Camaro. Wow. So yeah. Well, Bill, you do it a, a little differently. And I mean, there are just like anything, there are levels and layers. Um, but you uh, and I think I could be wrong, but you're not the guy to go out, as you said, and buy the $40,000 already done no. Dave Kindig thing, which I think are awesome cars. And if money were no object, uh, well, Kindig, you couldn't touch probably for under a hundred, but, but he, I mean, he does some awesome stuff. You do the, the, uh, as you said, entry level, maybe price range yeah, vehicle. Yeah. And then you, but you have the ability to fix them, whether yeah. it's, engine work and you said there's one you don't you don't do transmissions what was it that you yeah said? but I, as it turns out i do because <laughs> 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 it's necessity is there but you were right i mean i don't i'd rather not dig into it but i have and yeah um i'd rather not repeat it but i can and i have yeah. but my, my big thing these days is people are having me paint their wheels to change the color. <laughs> mm. That's been mm. done for you started that was now Glenn's wasn't your first, was it? Or mutual friend Glenn? <laughs> No, Glenn was never my first, just Whatever. to be clear. Yeah, but his wheels. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've been doing that a while, but it, it's funny because now all of a sudden you know, my brother who screwed up his wheels wants me to, you know, do not just change the color, but he wants me to fix them and everything else. So um like, I'm, like, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna put a little wobble, yeah, curb rash, you know. Scraped them, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I, I love painting, and to, to be okay. able to do wheels, I love changing because you can change the whole personality of a car by changing the sure. look of the wheels. Hey, you did a great job on Glenn's on his Corvette. That that was really a Thank nice you. job on his yeah. wheels. It's no, fun. It's, it's it so rewarding because it's a pretty quick, you know, it's a pretty quick turnaround. And it's didn't fun. you it's, do them in your basement though? Wasn't that the problem? You 
Well, this getting back to my parents' condo when they were in Florida, I used to take them over there and do them in my mom's kitchen. <laughs> What's for dinner tonight? I hope it's something red. <laughs> but, you know, they were gone for four or five months at a time. So, you know, but it was great because the kitchen, you know, it's heated, good humidity levels. I mean, you couldn't beat it. It just, unfortunately, I had to um, wet sand the tile floor to get the overspray off. <laughs> I was going to oh, say, no. what color is this counter? Well, it's sort of a metallic uh, overspray yeah. look. It's, but it's all good. It's all good. Nobody ever, nobody was the wiser. We sold that condo, so all evidence is gone. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so that's really I funny. had I had some interesting work um, looking at um, uh, kind of the hot rods or the retro vehicles that some of the manufacturers did. You remember yeah. in the early 80s to 90s or 90s and after, a lot of the manufacturers started um, – going retro with some of their vehicles. Yeah. One of the first ones uh, was the uh, was a, a vehicle from Plymouth. Mm. Do you remember what it was? Are you thinking of the Prowler? I am thinking of the Prowler. All right. And, and I found out how that sort of originated, mm. uh, which really interested me because they had a contest in Pasadena, California for uh, college students to do drawings with that sort of a mindset of a retro sort of a thing. And the one they chose to, to sort of uh, replicate was a guy by the name of Chip Foose. Ah, yes. He drew it and he named it the hemisphere. And, and it looked, remarkably like what eventually turned into the prowler. Yeah. That was kind of the entry into it because there, so the real question, because I know, you know, cars like the back of your hand, that the real question is what other uh, manufacturer vehicles were those retros that, that kind of came out. Do you remember? Nobody told me there'd be a quiz. Well, come on. (laughs) This is is the best part. Well, I mean, I know you know some of them. Yeah, Ford did a Thunderbird, as we know. Correct. Um, Didn't last too long. No, it didn't. And of course, the still very popular by the people that bought them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you have one? No. Did did no, but I I, no. I when one of the dealerships that I worked at, the owner had one, and it was sitting on our showroom floor. And there were so many people that came in and, and offered big money for that car and really? he refused to sell it yeah I, boy refused i bet he wishes to he sold sell it. it now <laughs> i don't know they're not quite as they're just not quite as popular as mine. and and that it's not alone it's not just the thunderbird what other ones bill well of course you know the pt cruiser was i guess inspired yeah. by something older which then i hated that car yeah it sold really what, well for a while but it did what was the platform it was built on is it the k car it was a neon Okay, that makes sense. Really? It was a Dodge Neon, or they actually used Neon in multiple lines, but it was there. That it was the same car. They just skinned it differently. So that would be like the the Chevy HHR was based on the Cobalt. The Cobalt, Chevy and it was Cobalt. and it was supposed to be inspired by the original like nineteen forty six Chevy Suburban. Suburban. Or yeah, I, yeah, right, exactly. The it was pickup. nowhere close in size to that, but yeah, pickup, it, that yeah. pickup. The it was it was it was a suburban. You're absolutely right. No, it wasn't even close. <laughs> we owned one. Did you? Uh, yes, my wife and I had one because it was uh, two point four percent interest financing. Uh. <laughs> we thought, hey, you know, this will be a good car, and I took her, I think, from an Acura into an HHR, and that was. Uh, not a good move on my part. We didn't have it that long. So how long but, do you want this to go on, John? I could listen. Oh, I could... Hours. <laughs> <laughs> We're losing Nick, so. No, yeah, we well, no, 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 he's still with us. But, you know, it's interesting. Got at least 10 more minutes. Yeah. Come on. I, no, I, I mean, overall, I, I like, the, you know, the um, the tribute that, that that creates, whether it's with the Dodge Challenger or even when the yep. Camaro came back, right? It was based yep. on, you know, the 69 Camaro. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's great to be inspired by that. I think if you try to copy it too closely, you lose something, both ends lose it, you know, the original yeah. and the, the, the copy. So I like, 
you know, I like a lot of the weird stuff. So you, you tease about the Pontiac Aztec. I love the Aztec, you know, so I'm sorry because it was highly, it was highly usable. I mean, you had a lot of it, stuff. It was do. usable. And, and I would tease about the, uh, the uh, Dodge Caravan as well of old, the first, probably the first minivan, if you were going to qualify it as that. Um, but it probably saved them on many levels over the years. It, yeah. it was quite uh, quite a vehicle. Very so popular. Chevy had the sportier <laughs> version with the, was it the SSR? Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Also, I'm not sure it lived up to what they had hoped it would, but it had like a Corvette engine in it. Yeah, it? so it was a trailblazer is what it was based on, but it oh, did have the 6.2 from the Corvette and everything else. Yeah. And, the, the the guy who was the head of marketing for that product at Chevrolet um, came over to Saturn when I was at Saturn. And yeah. so just after that thing launched and he was proud as could be, it was like a proud pop-up. <laughs> and then within three months, he went into hiding because it just was not a good car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was different. And one last one and Nick and I, I promise I will take a step back. No, I won't. No, you um, won't. Uh, one of the other retro ones that I hadn't identified when I, when I looked at the Prowler was the new Beetle. Oh yeah, there you go. How could I forget that? Retro. I know, but it was probably one of the better done ones if for no other reason, because it, it, as much as people loved the old Beetle, uh, the new one was, I mean, head and shoulders. Oh, yeah. Trust me, it was. <laughs> well, exactly. And and so that's, <laughs> I was kind of surprised I didn't, you know, really even register that because for a long time that was the, I mean, people didn't even look at the, at the new be- or the old Beetle anymore. They were just yeah. like, why would I? Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. yep. So, so with, with that, what about some of the newer ones that are, that are coming out, you know, with the re-release of the Bronco and, mm. And uh, what else we got coming out? Uh, I mean, we had the Gladiator that came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I like I like the concept of the Gladiator because of the, you know, it's different. You know, how many pickups are out there? And you know, it's. <laughs> I used to be in a commercial uh, truck group at Chevrolet, and and we were so proud when the full size van came out in in ninety seven, I think it was, and we were at a conference, and somebody who was with one of the truck upfitters said you realize it's just a box on wheels and it totally deflated everybody. So I'm afraid that some of these are kind of be to me like a box on wheels, but the gladiator I think is a nifty concept. I, you know, I think there's been so much price creep with these newer vehicles that, you know, I, as much as I love cars, I hate spending more than 20 grand on a new one. And that's just not going to yeah. happen. I can't keep buying Chevy yep. Sonics, you know, <laughs> that actually would have bought you an, an Oldsmobile Tornado if we, as we have spoken before in yeah. 1981. Okay. <laughs> 82, so, maybe the Bronco Nick. Um, I've only seen probably you've seen the you know, kind of silhouettes of them. Mm-hmm. If it turns out like I'm thinking it is, I think it's going to be killer. And, oh, I I agree 100%. Um, and I'm a, look, I come from an old line of, of K5 Blazer. You know, my dad mm-hmm. was part of the original uh, development engineers on that vehicle, so I've got a soft mm-hmm. spot for it. Bronco was always the enemy, but Chevy did not do the Blazer name any any uh, favors with this new crossover they did. And I'm really right. ashamed. Matter of fact, I feel like peeling the name off of these vehicles every time I see one. That's not a Blazer. <laughs> right, yeah. Bronco, I did my... The I did my driver's K- test in a Blazer. The K5 or an S10? S10. Oh. I, I'm, I'm young. I'm Probably sorry. I know young. I look a lot older, but I'm For young. a moment there, I was going to really like you. <laughs> no, I had a K5. I just drove it because I was too young. But my point is that Bronco, from what I've seen, I could see myself in one because I think they – went back to what the intent of that vehicle was. And I mm-hmm. think it's going to give Wrangler a run for its money if everything comes out like it is. Yeah, I would agree I, with you. I, I just, I question whether the production numbers are going to support that. I, I think, I think at first they're going to try to make it a limited production to manage profitability. I could be wrong, but that's because there has been such an appetite in the marketplace for the new Bronco. Yeah. I mean, for many years. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It'd be Wrangler's interesting to got, find out. Wrangler yeah. has something that's just uh, there's something uh, 007 about the Wrangler. It just keeps 
holding up and coming back over oh, and over man. in different iterations. And and I think uh, I'm not crazy about the pickup. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not either. Not, I'm disappointed. But really? it looks good with big wheels. If you put yes. a three inch lift kit on it and thirties on it, it, it really does look pretty good. Well, and so does the original. Yeah, the original what? Oh, the original like the Gladiator. Um, yeah, I guess I'd have to. I'd you need to look it up. Look yeah, yeah. I just I wish they'd bring back the Wagoneer. Yeah, the old Woody Wagoneer. That'd the be nice. Thing. You know, and the I thing. think styling like that, you could pull that off today. You could pull yeah. off that styling today, and I think oh, it would be well received. Sure. I'm not sure about the Woody part. Although, you know, I mean, because I've seen a few Woodies on the outside of a car. Yeah, I bet you have. Gosh. Uh, Yeah, but it's it's true. I I love that body style. And we had the old uh, Cherokee, the boxy. what, And it was awesome. We we Mm -hmm. ended up getting a Grand Cherokee, too, and they were both nice. But I there's just a soft spot in my heart for the old Cherokee. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the Goonies would not be Goonies without the Cherokee. Wow. Here we go. To I had Goonies. to go there. I, I had to go there. Goonies all the time. Because I <laughs> am a, I'm a Goonie. You are a Goonie. I have never seen that movie. Nor have I'm I. Aware oh, of, I'm aware exactly. of that. You two, you two need to get, when we get the potty pod, <laughs> we will sit and we will watch Goonies. Only- we won't do it inside. We'll, we'll, Projected on the side of the potty pod. Oh. Only if it's we'll historically accurate. If if the potty pod is older than the movie, sorry, we're not doing it. We'll watch. No, hey, that's you know, it's, it. Strangely enough, you can actually see. This is I'm really nerding out. You can actually see Richard Donner, who is directing the movie. You can see his camper in one of the shots. Mm. His trailer, mm. because the house in Goonies is on top of a hill, and one of the shots they were they were uh, panning, panning. I was just going to say panning that. across the uh, the the landscape, and in some of the the uh, behind the scenes, they were pointing down, saying that's Richard Donner's camper sitting in one in the parking lot. So is it was it, yeah. Is it panning if the cameras turn ninety degrees? Yes, yes, it is. It is panning you, side bro. to side. Thank you. Oh, I, man. I, I do listen. Yes, well, <laughs> yes, but you Somebody said it verbally him. better than I showed it literally to him. Yeah. <laughs> I turned my camera and I'm like, clicked up. That's panning. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. how, are you, how are you guys holding up with working from home? And, and uh, do you anticipate getting out in front of dealers or clients anytime soon? Take that. So, uh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, how's your day? Oh, no. <laughs> I, you know, I, I will be honest, and, and hopefully uh, we have um, made our bosses bored enough right now that they've shut off the, uh, the podcast. But um, I actually enjoy working from home. I always have. I, I spend a lot of time on the road. I spend a lot of time in hotels. So being home quite often has been kind of a blessing over the last few months. Um, that being said, I do, I miss driving. I miss traveling. I, I do, I I say this very loosely. I I don't want to say I wish, but it would be nice to have dealers that I work with that are much closer to me. Mm. So I could come home at night more often. That would be ideal. Um, but yeah, I, I am one of few people I would say is probably really enjoying the, the whole work from home thing. Well, I think that makes you better if you enjoy it. I mean, I think it makes what you do. Uh, more impactful, more effective for the dealers. You know, if, if you're, I mean, if you're struggling with, I hate this, I hate this, y- your performance is going to show that too. So uh, I, well, just, I don't, I, I don't want to say I hate it. Don't ever put that word, those words no, no, in my no, mouth. No, no, I don't no. hate it. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you. I was giving you a compliment. You oh, like oh. it. So you do it better. If you I didn't see. like being at home, you would probably suck at your interaction. I see what you're saying. If okay. you weren't there. So, uh, and that's, and I say that because I just got off a call not long ago with a client and it was awesome. I mean, it was really good. We had a good conversation and, and he appreciated it. And so, I, you know, you, it is what you make of it. I think it goes back I, to I, I the old Jim Rohn saying that it's not important what happens to you. What's important is what you do with what happens to you. 
Yeah, are are they embracing digital retailing now? Because <laughs> I've been thinking about, you know, what was it, John, seven, eight years ago when we were doing those conferences and trying to impart the um, wisdom that we knew about digital retailing, digital marketing yep. with, you know, at large groups across the country, and they kind of resisted. And then I'm obviously seeing a lot that's been happening as a result of COVID where they're mm. I mean, selling cars online or doing a lot of transaction online and, you know, doing things remotely thinking, damn it. Why didn't we have a pandemic back when I was doing this? Right? <laughs> this is, that, I actually have a really good answer for this because this is something that is topic of a conversation um, quite often when my, with my immediate team. We have dealers that are embracing it, and they are very successful. And then we have dealers that aren't, and there really isn't anyone in between that's just kind of yeah. ignoring it. Yeah. Um, so we've seen uh, an uptick in the amount of, of people that have been using it, but here's the key to the ones that are the most successful with it has everything to do with training. Mm. If they're willing to train their people and they do a good job training their people, they have seen an insane amount of success. Sure. I have I have one of my stores who actually during the pandemic sold 103% over what they sold previous year. Wow. Just because they trained their their staff up and they uh they actually they closed their dealership, sent everyone home and had them work from home. And their sales is still up. Or are still up. I should say it properly. Their sales are still up. So it's it's amazing uh, what you can do with a little bit of training and and a little bit of understanding what what uh, digital retailing can actually do for you. Well, sure. And, and obviously the training creates buy-in and that's, what, mm -hmm. you know, that's what's missing. If you don't know what the, what the end goal is, or if you don't know the whole process, Hey, resistance is there. I mean, that's, <laughs> we've seen sure. that. I mean, that's, that's the basics, but yeah, it's, yeah. For sure. it's, it's interesting. And I'm kind of curious beyond automotive, what will come from what we're experiencing now and, you know, what other services are going to change dramatically. And, you know, I've, you know, joked about it on Facebook, but I'm all half serious about, you know, going back to the old, in Michigan, it was the Twin Pines dairy truck that would come down your street, you know, and I know we've got food delivery was shipped or whatever else, but at what point will you see a convenience store on wheels and people who are stuck at home and this comes in front of their house? I don't know. I mean, I'm not looking, That's, I'm not looking you know that one, but it's an interesting concept. Yeah. There, there actually are some that exist. It, they weren't made for this specific um, time. It wasn't made for a pandemic, but there are some uh, some people that have taken buses, either old city buses or old school buses, and converted them into grocery stores. Nice. And they drive them into urban areas that don't have for for those people that don't have access to fresh produce. So it's mostly produce. They do have a few other things, but yeah, they, they have been, they, I think that would be a phenomenal idea. And I thought when I saw the article on that, that that would be a fantastic thing to do everywhere. It's just allow people to do that. Um, but I, I think you, you bring up a, a great point too. Plenty of articles right now about Uber trying to uh, move into, they, they purchased, uh, I think last year or maybe two years ago, a company in, where was it? South America, maybe? I don't remember. I know they've they've piloted it in South America, and they're about to bring it to the U.S. Uh, in the next few months. But Uber will now start delivering groceries as well, hmm. along with their Uber Eats. Yeah, that's so. There's a lot of movement in that area. And that well, and I think some of it's reactionary too. You know, because mm -hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> you find it interesting, and Bill, you'll appreciate this because we've had. A lot of our clients who contact us um, immediately after COVID became a thing and they thought, gosh, the only way we're going to be able to sell vehicles is if we have digital retailing. And so suddenly they're, oh, you know, two weeks ago, as Nick alluded to, they were saying, oh, no, that stuff, that doesn't work. And now suddenly they're, well, I'm all in if you can get this installed tomorrow, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but it's, as Nick said, too, it's the process that really has to change. But but it's, it's become yeah. a thing that even if people, and we know the Capgemini did a study years ago that said one third of people said they would buy cars sight unseen. It's a hand raiser survey. So I don't believe them because in reality, the number is probably going up, but, but that's not what happens. 
the the reason for online retailing, at least in the automotive industry, is that it shows your transparency. I'm willing to do it however you want to take the process. Right. right? And and because as soon as we say, um, I'm not going to give you a price, but you know, what's your phone number? You're, <laughs> You're done. Trying to yeah. Steer them exactly. You're done. You're trying to steer them down your pathway, not theirs. And it's it's not up to it's well, not up and- to the seller. And this is a very unpopular opinion, but I'm I'm used to to mentioning unpopular opinions on this podcast. <laughs> yes, you are. Nice. So we're going to go to that site unseen. But part of that whole concern over site unseen has been more, I think, in line with the dealer's uh, feeling about allowing a customer to return a vehicle. Meaning, if it it doesn't have to be sight unseen, but if you bring a vehicle to somebody or you deliver a vehicle. We once we always had that saying when I sold too. once they drive it over that curb, it's theirs. It's it's 100 percent theirs. The only way they can bring it back is if they trade into something else. But if to be able to be successful at this, we have to give people a grace period, that test drive, that grace period where they have three to seven days to say, "Eh, no, not me. And they can return it. If you deliver it to their house in most states, they have the three day right of rescission. Yes. And so they can actually uh, say of 72 hours in most states that they can bring it back. However, if they take delivery at the dealership, yep. then uh, then they drive it over the curb. It. Right. And it's gone. Well, I think yep. I think you're right. I think that seven days is a key. Yeah, effort. I think Car- yeah. isn't Carvana. They do the seven days. Seven days. They do. So yeah. I guess what? They hold the paperwork for seven days. I mean, <laughs> before they draft on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that I don't know how that works. I don't that's, know. That's well above my pay grade. But well, uh, and I'm sure, and, and you know, it's when you have something like a Carvana that organizationally can do it instantaneously across the board. They don't have to say, well, what are they doing in Nashville or what? I mean, it has to fall within legal realm, of course, but right, seven right. days makes it safe uh, pretty and, much with anything. No, I don't care what anyone says. Carvana is doing an exceptional job because right now their stock is at almost $140 Good. per share. So, Well, tell that yeah. to Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, yeah, so, so that's, you can't even touch that one. But, you know, you you do what you do. I, I, I think, I mean, you've long been, and I'm a fan of Carvana. I think they... Uh, they do a lot of things right. When you look at their website, man, it's it's incredible. As mm-hmm. a potential buyer, though, and Bill, <laughs> I have a buddy who's who went to the BMW experience in um, uh, it's uh, oh, Spartanburg, okay, uh, North Carolina, or South Carolina, South whatever, Carolina. Yeah. Green, Greenville, Spartanburg, yeah. And he drove an M2, and he said. Oh my gosh, it, it was life changing, and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to look on Carvana for M M3s and M2s, and I looked at honestly, they had like six of them in the M class. Everyone had an offer, on. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a little frustrating when you kind of, well, I wonder what kind of numbers, and you look at it, you go, oh, this is cool, uh, deal pending. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. What a what yeah. a nice what a nice problem for Carvana to have though, right? Oh right. my gosh. Yeah. Well, and, and you look at them and they're still only responsible for one percent of the vehicles sold in the US. Sure. As big as they are, as huge as their inventory is, and so on. Um, I still look at them less so as, as a, a viable place to buy cars because I've I've looked at cars on there and maybe it's too many too many years in, in the car business, but I, I'm not gonna pay their interest rates. Mm-hmm. You know, even with great credit, you still have a very high uh, really? interest rate. I, I didn't yeah. realize that. I guess I never took it that far. Yeah, I I looked at those. I'm just like, no, I'm not. So I'm what, not paying. What are we that. talking? Um, uh, well, I was. I think it was like eight, eight or nine percent. Oh gosh. Whoa. Okay. When I did it, and I mean, I was like, no, that's no, no, I'm not going to do that. Wow. Um, I mean, great for most people though. If it fits in your budget, most people don't look at interest rates. They they're like, okay, that fits within well, my should. payment range. They should, <laughs> but hey, I can afford three fifty a month. That car is what I want, and it's less than three fifty a month. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. That's how they look at it. If you could pay um, cash, um, if you're pushing pay cash, their their pricing is not bad. I've seen some vehicles that are no, their pricing is you know, not bad. relatively. No, I mean they're in. You know, they are trying to pick some of the better vehicles from auction and whatnot. So they're, you know, many times lower miles. So, um, 
It's just that you got to know what you want. It's it's like, hey, exactly. I like the, I like the Honda Ridgeline, but but uh, I really need to drive it. So if you've driven it, they say, look, I know what I want. If they have it, then I'll go through the process. So I know, I know you guys have covered this before, as have every expert out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well and the one thing, one thing – I'm sorry, Nick, go ahead. I was going to say my only thing with, with Carvana, it it's, has nothing to do with the sale of the cars or anything like that. It's really this is what customers have told us they want, and that's why they're as – and I, I'm putting quotes in the air as successful because yeah. we do know that they're not profitable, but they are very successful. Sure. Hence the stock price. Right. Um, this is how we need to start looking at our business moving forward. So I, I while I, I don't disagree with any of that, I, on some level, it's because <laughs> you you can't see the vehicle in person. So. It's still the car business, though. And uh, a friend of mine who runs a dealership group was—he wanted to know what's Carvana doing, what do they—and I may have mentioned this before. It was brilliant. He said, "Well, let's just buy a car from them and see how it goes." And they got it, got it delivered. Process was okay. Smelled like cigarettes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's just like you would get any place. It's still a used car, right? And sure. So it, you can't take everything out of it you know we look at them online and man that nice website does some amazing things because they don't hide anything they circle a little scratch and they and it's great but there's no scratch and sniff but then again online you know then we go back to then we go back to the fact that they have a seven-day return policy you don't want it send it back it's it's we are trained we are trained to shop on amazon and if you if you don't like what you get from amazon you return it yeah. And that's uh, that's kind of what I mean. My what I mean by all of right. that. But it's not necessarily even that anymore. Some uh, we got some stuff from Wayfair, and Lisa didn't like it, and got somebody on the phone, and and she said, "So I just need to know how to return it." They said, "Don't worry, we'll send you a new one." It costs them more sometimes to return the mm-hmm. stuff, and they yep. just say keep it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, what, if you can figure out what those products that, are, you're. Is that Wayfair? You said. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So Dot speaking com. of, <laughs> I just ordered yesterday because uh, we've talked about them before on the podcast, John. Um, I've got to look it up. I, I just ordered a new head or new set of headphones. Yes. From. Da, 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 unclaimedbaggage.com. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, brilliant. Wow. Seriously. Yes. Yes. Wow. They were, uh, they were exceedingly or excessively cheap. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. They were about, uh, there's about a 40% discount oh, on what they would God. be new. It was great. By chance, so by chance I, was that from American Airlines flight 733? Yes. If Bill, well, I'm sorry, this was, this was United. All of your um, headphones. <laughs> They've got some really interesting stuff on there. They had, uh, you know, watches and tablets and computers. And I'm like, this is, I'm, I like this site. This is cool. <laughs> well, especially when you log in and you find out that some of it's yours. Right. Exactly. I was able to get some of my underwear back. Oh, boy. You know, what I did find out on that front, and I do the, and you guys do this all the time, right? You, you try to do your personal inventory before you leave the plane and you, but sometimes you're in a rush to get off the plane. I did that once. And I was like, oh, crap, I left my tablet in the seat back. And so I tried to reboard the plane. I was still in the jetway. Oh, my God. You would have thought I was Charles Mann <laughs> yeah, or something. Were, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, oh, my gosh. Mm. See I how our time ones. flies with Bill? Oh yeah. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of time, yeah. we're going to have to end it here. Yes. I mean, we could talk for another hour and a half. I'm sure. Funny how that works. Well, I know. <laughs> and maybe we'll we'll have to do it again. We'll have our, our third podcast. You're our first return guest. Because I don't count Peyton. I'm a repeater. We call him Boomerang Bill. Boomerang Bill. Oh, no, that's that, a good name. Be, I'm gonna change it on the website right now. That, but speaking of that's vehiclenanny.com. Vehiclenanny.com. Exactly. <laughs> you can you visit vehiclenanny.com. Right. You can visit vehiclenanny.com by going up to pottymiles.com and Correct. looking for Bill's name up there in the uh, the menu. Uh, but you can also leave comments about this show on our social media by heading up to pottymouse.com and clicking on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or you can head to, Bill? 
Oh my god! This is you go to the Facebook page. I mean, you you guys are everywhere. <laughs> no, I'm talking about you. Come to vehiclenanny.com tomorrow and see the link there. There you go. Perfect. That's what I was. I was trying. I was getting there. I, I, I was anyway. going out. So sorry. <laughs> see, it, you know, you're going to have to listen to this. This is going to be one of your longer walks. Um, mm. <laughs> Bill, it was fantastic to have you back. I really appreciate you coming on. John, not so fantastic. Anyway, wow, hey, <laughs> uh, folks, uh, we will see you uh, next week or talk to you next week, I guess. Thanks, Bill. See ya. See ya.